0: This is 1 in 59,
1: a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. 1 in 59 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I am thrilled to have on the show, Carrie Magro. Uh, Carrie, good morning. Thank you for being on 1 in 59.
0: Oh, it's such an honor to be a guest.
1: I love uh, being able to host this show because it gives me the opportunity to meet and talk to so many different people who are doing uh, widely varied work within the field, and uh, sometimes I have the opportunity to interview with staff from Anderson, families, individuals that we serve, researchers, doctors, um, uh, advocates, uh, and and I have had, uh, on occasion, the opportunity to also interview people who, who really do a lot of different things, but are kind of... Um, challenging a lot of the myths that have been created out there over the decades about individuals living on the spectrum. And so I would love to just have you start the show today by talking a little bit about who you are um, and, uh, and, and, and we'll then get into kind of what you're doing now and, uh, and I'll have some questions for you. But can you give us just a background about who you are and, uh, and, and how uh, all of your work that you're involved with now has gotten started?
0: Yeah, sure. So, uh my my background uh came from a long long period of kind of just trying to figure out what I wanted to do in the autism community. So, my my earliest beginnings uh were actually I, I was considered on the severe end of the autism spectrum. I was actually completely nonverbal until I was Uh, just about three years old and doctors would tell my parents that they really weren't sure what my future was going to look like but uh, thanks to countless years of occupational physical speech music and theater therapy I was able to overcome many of my obstacles and today Uh, I am a professional speaker for the past eight years via a group called the National Speakers Association. I have had the wonderful opportunity to be self-employed now, getting to do that full-time. But then also having the opportunity to uh, continue sharing about my story on the autism spectrum, writing several books based on my journey growing up on the autism spectrum, Uh, books such as Defining Autism from the Heart, which is focused on self-advocacy, Autism and Falling in Love, which is focused on helping... these kids go about trying to find love on the autism spectrum, which is often a very <laughs> complicated process. Mm-hmm. And then um, finally, a new book, i uh, my first children's book that I have coming out on March 26th called I Will Light It Up Blue, which is focused on the uh, World Autism Month initiative, Light It Up Blue and uh, two children who are on the autism spectrum finding out about Light It Up Blue and how it changed their lives forever. So during that time, it's just kind of been a very, very um, interesting road. I didn't really expect to, to be where where I am today, and I'm just so blessed to have the opportunity to do that. But also at the same time, I have a nonprofit organization called Kip and Make a Difference, where we've had the wonderful opportunity to provide 60 scholarships for students with autism to go to college in the uh, past seven years. So we wear many hats in the autism community, but we just love the village that uh, we're a part of.
1: Well as I said in the opening you're doing a lot so we're going to dive into all that that's you know so I guess starting with um, starting with your your where you started, which is your childhood and uh, being sort of diagnosed and maybe labeled to some degree as, as or the expectation that you would be uh, very severely challenged and potentially nonverbal maybe for the, your entire life um, and then that sort of turning on its ear and, and changing um, for a lot of our listeners who I think are primarily probably parents of children with autism. Um, I think that the, these stories that that we do hear periodically, um, probably, and this is just me guessing, but probably give a sense of both... Um, Hope for for maybe a family whose child is recently diagnosed, and also some clarity in terms of the importance of intervention and the types of interventions that that you received um, that can be helpful for so many. Um, but at the same time, we want to make sure that there's an awareness that the, the autism autism is a spectrum disorder because. The word spectrum is so important that that people fall on it in, in many different areas. So would you agree with that? Is that one of the reasons why you share that story? That there was there was a, an experience that you had that was maybe unexpected for, for yeah. your family at the time?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm, I'm now 31 years old, and when I was originally diagnosed with autism, it was 1992, and people were still talking about autism only being a disorder that affects boys and that everyone who has autism is going to be great at math. And uh, they, they could turn 21 and be able to go down to Las Vegas and win you a lot of money in the Black Tables. That was literally the perception mm-hmm. of autism back then. And it, it, it's kind of another reason why I'd love to just uh, share my, my own personal story because uh, even even some of the specialists we were seeing truly didn't have a full knowledge that we do today that we have a better job of today, of mm. uh, autism. So that's that's a big reason why uh, I give a keynote called uh, Defining Autism from Nonverbal to Professional Speaker because, um, granted, autism is a spectrum, and if you met one individual with autism, you met just that one in, individual with autism. But for, for me, I, I, was, I, I went down a road where people were wondering what, when I was ever going to speak mm. to a point where... People come up to me today at a, a keynote I'm giving or a presentation and say, Carrie, you have autism. You don't look like you have autism. <laughs> and, ah, then I'm like, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, what's autism supposed to look like anyway? So um, it's a big spectrum and we really want to just highlight the education about that.
1: Absolutely. So on that note, I'm going to repeat what you just said because it may have gotten a little lost. Your reaction and your response to people when they say you don't look like you have autism is well, what's autism supposed to look like? <laughs> I think that's brilliant. Exactly. I think that's, that's ideally how we can all change our thinking and start to broaden awareness. Um, so so back in 1992, you're talking about sort of the Rain Man era, right? That was when yeah. that was when that movie, or I don't know the exact date, but within those years, I agree with you, I think there was a lot less uh, known, there was a lot less research going on, there were, you know, doctors and, and service providers were maybe didn't have, weren't equipped with all of the information that they have now, which for me doesn't mean that we've reached the point uh, where we know everything, it just means that we should be open to the fact that we're going to continue to learn about autism and continue to, um, to broaden people's awareness and also understanding of, of what works uh, for each individual, not for, you know, sort of a one stop. I'm, I'm not cure necessarily, but you know one intervention is not right for just every, every person on the spectrum. So thank exactly. you for, thank you for clarifying that. Okay. I am, I am, you said before that you are self-employed and there was a sense of, pride that came through in your voice when, when you said that. What does that mean to you, and how long have you been working towards that goal?
0: Uh, so I've actually been working towards this goal uh, for almost the past decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've had the wonderful opportunity to work with great groups uh, full-time, such as Autism and Speaks, and uh, for a while, the, the, the whole concept of just starting my career as a speaker, I knew that I was really going to have to push myself to still overcome some of my, my, my course especially on the communication and uh, public speaking. Um, it, it's something that I, I still constantly have to work on. Uh, but the, the, the whole concept of just being able to travel to our local communities and provide resources was something that's always given me sub motivation to continue to be the best uh, speaker I can, the best communicator I can be. And- to really push myself to uh, hopefully one day land, um, just being able to be self-employed. And now I've been doing that for about two and a half years, and it's just been a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Um, I I definitely have always had the travel bug, too, so that helps. (laughs) But uh, that was... I uh, gave an opportunity to now just say that I get to go around the country over 100 times a year and meet members of not only our autism community, but our special needs community, our educators, our businesses, our service providers, uh, and and our students. And try to meet every single kid and every single person I meet where they are in their own specific journey uh, with autism, uh, because I, I love what you said just on the concept of you know, we need to specialize the, the these intervention, interventions because there's no one-size-fits-all, uh, especially with how wide our spectrum is. So I kind of take that mantra whenever I'm speaking to try to just meet my specific uh, my specific expertise to the needs of every audience that I speak to.
1: Uh, I think I, I think that's wonderful, and and you certainly light up. At least you know I'm I'm not looking at you, but I can hear it in your voice when you're talking about it. So, what must come through when you're speaking in front of groups of people, whether it's at a, a large corporation or at a school or or maybe even on uh, on television, uh, the is is not only that you're you're talking about something that's so important and so meaningful to you, but you're also at the same time kind of living it daily. And I think that's when people respond the the most genuinely and and is most impactful is when you're saying look i literally just you know flew here or was in this town or was talking to this person and that's fulfilling my life in a very meaningful way and I'm talking to you about the opportunities that are in front of everybody to do the same. I think that's such a wonderful gift to have. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, but I uh, let me just thank you for sharing that with, uh, with as many people as you can and are right now. This is 1 in 59, uh, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. We're going to take a quick break and come right back with Carrie Magro. Did you know that 1 in 59 people are diagnosed with autism? Perhaps you know and love someone impacted. Here at Anderson Center for Autism, we'd love to help. Our mission is simple, to optimize the quality of life for all we serve. So what does that mean exactly? It means that we customize education and therapy plans to help each student and resident soar. It means that we hire top professionals who know how to unlock potential. It means that we utilize technology and evidence-based practices to cultivate unique strengths. And most of all, it means that we bring unwavering optimism and 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 compassion to every person with whom we work. In every moment, we see an opportunity to bring our mission to life. In our classrooms, our residences, our recreational and vocational skills centers, out in the community and along the paths of our beautiful campus. Whatever the backdrop, at the heart of all we do is an unmatched commitment to optimizing the quality of life for people with autism. We love our work and we're here to help. Learn more at AndersonCenterForAutism.org. That's AndersonCenterForAutism.org. Welcome back to 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I'm talking with Carrie Magro, a professional speaker with the National Speakers Association, author, all around, uh, I think, advocate, um, talking about some of the work that you have been doing, and and recently, we ended the, the first half of the show is you talking about what it means to you to have reached a significant goal, a professional goal, which is to become self-employed. I want to move now, Carrie, to uh, your books. I I do know a couple of individuals who are in their 20s and 30s uh, who are on the autism spectrum and have chosen writing as a way to express a lot of their experiences and share them more broadly with, with the world. So you have gone down this path as well. You said that you wrote a book. Um, you have three, right? You have books sort of focused on self-advocacy, another one about finding love, which I would lo- definitely like to ask you about, and then a new book coming out on March 26th called I Will Light It Up Blue, which is your first children's book. I'd love for you to talk about all three. Where do you want to start? Uh,
0: well, so I, I'll just give a brief uh, snapshot of the first two books because it's actually so... Uh, I am actually a third-year uh, doctoral student at uh, New Jersey City University right now, and during that time of kind of just deciding that I wanted to go back and get my EDD uh, to become an educator, I realized that I kind of had to put writing on hold for a little bit, so uh, my, my first two books, the Finding Autism from the Heart and Autism and Fall in Love, both that are currently available on Amazon, Uh, both of those books, I I, I grew up uh, having significant progress happen because of journal therapy and being able to self-reflect a lot on my own specific journey growing up on the autism spectrum, my strengths, my weaknesses. And it actually made writing one of my key interests. Which for everyone uh, who's listening at home you you, you might have seen uh, uh just a key interest in your own in your own child uh from time to time. So writing was bad for me, uh especially when I was in my uh, early twenties. So it encouraged me to just uh, my my parents encouraged me, but also just some of the families that I would speak to just said, Carrie when is your book coming out? When is your book coming out? Mm-hmm. So I, I wrote a book in 2013 called The Finding Autism of the Heart, which focused on self-advocacy, really just trying to help my mentees uh, feel self-motivated to push themselves to become the best version of themselves. And then the book on, the, on the relationships, which uh, was basically based off of 10 years of journal entries I wrote, based on trying to find love on the autism spectrum
1: because
0: mm-hmm. I, I i i can't tell you enough how many kids i work with today who when i try to talk to them about job coaching or uh post-secondary options 90 95 of the time they want to talk about the, the the cute girl or the <laughs> handsome boy so and and i get that because that's how I was when I was their age, so I wanted to do something and do justice for that, and make sure they don't they they realize they're not alone, and it's it's possible.
1: I, I saw on the front cover of, uh, of the Finding Love book that, that it says, to the one that got away. And uh, I wonder, I mean, so, so really these are, for, for those who want to go to Amazon uh, and purchase these books, which I would encourage you to do, um, are, 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 are readers going to get a glimpse of, of your personal experiences? You said that those were based on journal entries. So you're you're choosing to share some of those potentially uh, you know, very personal or maybe even painful experiences and an effort to, to help others feel that they're they're um, they're not out there alone, the only one feeling this way? Absolutely.
0: So the, the, the big part of that book is that it's actually broken into two parts. So one of the biggest misconceptions I think we have in the autism community today is that people with autism can't feel empathy or love for other people. So th- this book, The first part of the book is just based on a relationship that had uh, gone badly, basically, and just saying goodbye to somebody I cared about uh, to to show the world that people with autism can feel empathy and love for, for other individuals. And then the second half of the book, is a self-help guide for people, not only people on the autism spectrum, but just how anybody can become the best version of themselves for their partner. So talking about things such as intimacy, talking about things such as open communication, uh, and uh, even some of the other things such as hygiene, which is so, so important, and just breaking that that down into a guide to Mm -hmm. help these people trying to find relationships and love.
1: (laughs) I think it's really important. I, I, I will echo what you said about the, that myth, um, which is definitely untrue. I see it every day at Anderson. And, and also uh, kind of connected to that is just the, the idea that people still have in their minds, some people still have in their minds, that people with autism don't want to be around other people, uh, just on a purely social level, um, which which I also see that myth you know, just being completely untrue on a daily basis. So, um, so one of those things, though, romance is, is a difficult thing you know, uh, for a lot of people to discuss no matter who you are or what age you are or whether you're a parent or a child or, you know, a, a grandparent. And uh, and so um, I think it's one of those that's easily avoidable, so to speak. So I'm, I'm just really pleased that you're putting that out there in a really direct way. There's probably a huge need for it and, and it's probably having a large impact. Let's talk about your, your new book coming out in March. Um, I Will Light It Up Blue. This is a, your first foray into writing specifically with a children's audience in mind.
0: Yes, uh, and it's it's something I've been wanting to do for a very, very long time uh, simply because of my work speaking, and uh, I would say about 80 to 85 percent of my referrals each year come in a K through 12, and it's, I, I've always believed in the concept that early intervention is the case, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, I feel... Like when we educate our younger children about autism, especially at an early age, it can really help them in their understanding and acceptance, not only of people with autism, but people with just differences in their lives. So I wrote this children's book uh, based on kind of just – how i've been personally impacted by the initiative uh i will lay it up blue um the, the lay the blue initiative uh which uh where everyone wears blue to start a conversation about uh autism uh, around uh april and also world autism awareness day on april 2nd mm-hmm. so I, I i came up with this idea to write a children's book based on the personal perspectives of two children on the autism spectrum who found out about Light Up Blue and found out about just self-advocacy overall and how to become their own best advocates. So I can't wait for this book to come out. It's uh, my first published book as well. My first two books are self-published. The publisher who did children's book is Mascot Books. So uh, the book is currently available for pre-order at Mas- Mascot Books com and will be available uh, for everyone on uh, March 26 just in time for uh, April and world autism month
1: absolutely what a great opportunity to um, to start autism awareness month off with uh with a with a gift to somebody um, and and, and th- that helps explain the initiative and it is a beautiful initiative it's 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 aesthetically beautiful uh it's also so easy to kind of connect to and to um and to make your point um we do things up in in the hudson valley region like the the one of our bridges lights up blue um on a world autism awareness day there's so many cool Mm -hmm. ways that you can do it that can impact um, really silently, but beautifully and visually, um, how many people are affected by autism? Not just the one in 59 children who are diagnosed uh, right now in this country, but so many caregivers and family members and friends and classmates and teachers and service providers and business owners. And, and, you know, just to remind everybody that, hey, this is our community. This isn't a different community. This is a, our community of, of the people that we interact with on a regular basis. So I love that. Um, and I would encourage people to go check this out on mascotbooks.com. Do your pre-order for I Will Light It Up Blue and then gift it to somebody. On April first or March thirty first, and and get the ball rolling in your community, Carrie. We only have two more minutes left in our interview. I would love for you to just quickly explain um, KFM, make a difference. Who are these sixty scholarship winners, and why is it important to you to help people with autism get uh, get their get their opportunity in a college setting?
0: Sure. So. Um, it- Statistics have indicated that in the United States that only one in three uh, adults, young adults with autism, actually attend a post-secondary program. So I wanted to do a scholarship program simply because so many of my mentees were hoping to receive a post-secondary education, but I heard so many stories of these kids having to pay out-of-pocket. Uh, for their accommodations. So we started the scholarship program just once a year and now uh, we give it out three times a year in the spring, the summer, and the fall for any uh, upcoming high school senior who's about to graduate and any current college students uh, to attend a post-secondary education. It's a partial scholarship but we've just been so honored to be able to give out 60 of these scholarships and one of the cool things is we're every single one of them has to do an essay, which we're now going to turn all the essays into a book of kids who are successfully navigating the post-secondary education, which we hope to get out in the fall of 2019.
1: So, Awesome. I, I love how you're just manifesting all these things that have, it seems to me, from our brief conversation that have helped sort of, sort of get you to where you are today. Um, and then you're finding ways to just sort of pay it forward and give it all back and, and keep, uh, keep the momentum going in the right direction. So I really thank you for being on the show. For the listeners out there, to find out more about what Kerry does and how you can support his work, go to Kerry Magro, K-E-R-R-Y-M-A-G-R-O.com. Again, you can go pre-order, um, I Will Light It Up Blue, at mascotbooks.com. And you can purchase his other two books, uh, uh, self-published and, and written a few years back uh, at Amazon.com. Carrie Magro, thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Oh, it's such a pleasure!
1: All right, this is One in Fifty Nine, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in Fifty Nine, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week.